Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hi, welcome back to the Lake Show News Talk 830-WCCO. We do have breaking news. Unfortunate news is developing. FBI says it has credible information of a broad threat to synagogues in New Jersey. And in my opinion, do I think that this has been impacted by the Kyrie Irving stuff? Yes. I'm not going to sit here and think that in no way, shape, or form has the Kyrie stuff that's occurred over the course of the last 10 days not helped this negative situation. Like, this is the world that we're living in, man. It's almost like he's enabled it. You, you, he's yeah, encu- yes. He's yes. encouraging it. You're, 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 well, this is, this is the, your words matter. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have a platform and you should be a responsible, good human being. A decent human being. So we're going to continue to monitor this. Um, I hadn't seen this information, and, and, and this is just – this isn't good. This is not good. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll stay on top of that and figure all of that out. But now it's time for Around the NFL. All right, so the Vikings get a brand-new toy, TJ Hawkinson. Hey! He's a Hawkeye, but still, he's good. He's – well, I mean, Hawk the Hawkeye kind of goes without saying. Good tight ends out of, out of Iowa, right? Yeah. I mean, isn't, isn't that kind of tight end you? Kind of is, yeah. So so you've got TJ, you've got George Kittle. Uh, didn't Noah Fant come out of I, Iowa? I think so. Dallas Clark. Oh, he was the man. The I old mean, he, Indianapolis oh, yeah. Colts. That was my dude back in the day. Yeah. He, and, uh, he and Peyton Manning. Oh, oof, that was rough. Yeah. So what are we expecting from TJ Hawkinson this week? I know everybody's like, hey, we got him. That's great. He's going to have a handful of days to learn the playbook. What are your expectations for TJ Hawkinson this week? Um, Not much, to be honest with you. And the only reason why I say that is because, and I'm not saying that tight end is the most complicated position in the world, but, I mean, he's with an mm-hmm. entirely new team. You got to try to develop some chemistry with the quarterback. Um, he's not just a tight end that's going to be a pass catcher. He's a blocker too. I'm not expecting a whole lot, but like, if he was to go out there and, and have a 70 or 80 yard game, it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me because he's that talented. But I'm not expecting it. Yeah, I I think they'll find a way to work him into a handful of packages, get into the red zone. I mean, that's where you can use him, right? Right off the bat, you can use him in the red zone, trying to isolate some of those matchups. So I'm looking forward to it. I think, you know, hopefully they get by Washington, and then you got that matchup, Buffalo and Minnesota. Woo, boy. I'm going to be looking forward to that one. So weird question, right? Okay. 
I'm ready. I'm ready for a weird question. Okay. So you got Tom Brady. Do you like weird questions? I love weird questions. <laughs> Let's get weird, yo. Getting weird on WCCO. Is Andy Dalton the best quarterback in the NFC South? No. Okay. Tom I, Brady on a bad day is better than anybody in that division. I just I feel a little dirty saying that because of the numbers. We should turn your mic off for that the rest we've of the seen. Show. Okay. I mean, I just that's just I can't believe you asked me that question. Is Andy Dalton? Did you just ask? Did you just ask me that? You can turn your mic back on. Is Andy Dalton the best quarterback? In, has Tom Brady died? I know that his I know that his his marriage is over, mm-hmm. but he's still with us. Okay. Last time I checked. All right. Well, you know, I, I look at the numbers that Andy Dalton's putting up with subpar receivers, and then I look at Tom Brady, and I'm like. I feel like Brady's lost a step. I mean, even with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Tom one- Brady could lose 10 steps. Okay. He's still going to be better than Andy Dalton. Okay. I, you know, just, hey, I'm just looking at the numbers, man. I'm not, you know, I'm focused on the here and now. That's that's kind of how I'm rolling. Is that's how you're rolling? That's how I'm rolling. That's how you view this? Uh, yes. All right. Since Andy Dalton is not in your NFL MVP conversation, should the Vikings have anyone? Because we're at like the halfway point, right, where everybody's like, Okay, midway coach of the year, midway, you know, MVP, things like that. Should the Vikings have anybody in consideration for MVP? For MVP? For MVP, yeah. No. If you, okay. No. I mean, they're, they're six and one, second best record in the NFC. But kind of like what we said last night, like nothing stands out number wise. I mean, doesn't somebody have to pop in order to, to be in that MVP conversation? So it, it's more than just record. Right, it's it. There's more that goes into it than that. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest. So when we're talking about MVP candidates, who would you say are the top tier people up for MVP? Jalen Hurts is up there. Yes. Josh Allen is up there. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. So you start with those two, and then who's after that? I mean, I think you give Patrick Mahomes a nod absolutely just because he's, he's Patrick Mahomes. He's a top five candidate. Uh, I'm going to be a little crazy. I'm going to say maybe you give Geno Smith a nod. Oh, I would for, vote for Geno Smith over any of the Vikings. Okay, that's fair. Because, I mean, Geno was, well, was a throw. Well, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me think about that for a second. Okay. Are we going Geno over Justin Jefferson? See, and, that, and that's the question, right? Like, quarterbacks normally get more of the love and more of the attention. Yeah. I mean, Justin Jefferson's numbers are good, but I mean, to me, they're not, they're not eye popping enough that I would say that he would be in that MVP consideration. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you know, who's not going to win MVP this year? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yes. Not if the, you read my mind. Not if the media has their way. What would, uh, what would Joe Buck and Troy Aikman vote on? All right. Moving on. Okay. So if you say that, Nobody in the Vikings is in the conversation for MVP. Mm-hmm. How about Kevin O'Connell for Coach of the Year? Oh, he's definitely in the conversation. Okay. He's definitely in the conversation for Coach of the Year. There's no question about it. Uh, Sirianni from Philadelphia, he's in the conversation. Brian Dable from New York? Dable from, 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 uh, from, the, from the New York Giants, he's in the conversation. Uh, after that... Gosh. Would you say Pete Carroll? Not to go I, back to Seattle, I, I was, but I mean. I, I, no, I was about to say Pete Carroll, actually. Okay. I was about to say Pete Carroll. 
And then after Pete Carroll, I guess the last name that I would factor in and throw in there. Uh, nah, that's probably it. Yeah, I, you couldn't say Sean McDermott because this was expected out of the Bills. And I don't think you could say Andy Reid because that this was expected. But I think the, the teams that you were talking about, the, the Vikings and the Giants and... Well, what about Mike McDaniel? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, don't think they've done enough, but I'm just saying. No, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I think there's still a little bit of stank on Mike McDaniel for how the whole Tua thing was handled. So <laughs> I, I don't know. He's got the, <laughs> that he's, hurts him, right? In the popularity the, yeah, contest? Yeah, he's, he's not winning any popularity contest, let me say that. <laughs> Better conference so far, AFC or NFC? Oh, no question. The AFC. No question. Because when you say who are legitimate Super Bowl contenders, mm-hmm. in the NFC, you can say Philadelphia. Yeah. Dallas. Yep. The Vikings. Mm. Uh, you got to have a Viking. I mean, you got to have at least four or five teams to say contenders that are coming out of the NFC. Yeah, I, I, to, to me, I think San Francisco. And I, yeah, I mean, you didn't let me get there. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. San Francisco is the other okay, one. Yeah. Okay. So if, if you can't say the 49ers and not say the Vikings, yeah. you just can't do that. So I, I, so I those know. are the teams from the NFC. On the AFC side of it, yeah. Buffalo. Yep. Um, I hate to say this, but Miami, I guess, is in the conversation. I mean, after that Bradley Chubb trade, and they just signed him to an extension. The Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Actually, <laughs> there's less. Well, the Titans are playing good football. Yeah, Derrick Henry's a man amongst boys. How about the Ravens? Imagine about the, trying to tackle that guy. How about the Ravens? I mean, they lost Rashad Bateman. They're inconsistent. Okay, like like I the Ravens can be really. How many leads have they blown? Uh, they a bunch. Are, they are this year's Vikings. It's like teams in purple cannot hold leads. Don't be that. No, I mean I'm just being honest here. Yeah, I hate to say it. I, I don't think the Vikings are a serious contender yet in the NFC. I mean, I, I I would love to say it. I would love to see it. But that part of me says I can't necessarily buy into the Vikings being a, uh, a, a threat in the NFC. Now, let's see what they do against Buffalo and Dallas back-to-back. And then let's see in three weeks. Okay, so Rams versus Buccaneers. I think at the beginning of the year, you're looking at this game. And this is like the marquee game. Yep. But you've got two very underperforming teams. You got the Rams at three and four, and you got the Bucks at three and five. Is this? I mean, you 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 like to use the term "must win game." So let me ask you this: Is this a must win for either one of these teams? For yes. both these teams, it, it's it's a must win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose, mm-hmm. they're done. At three and six, they will not recover. That'd write be, it down. Yeah, that'd be write the- it. Write it down. They'd be three and six. Now, if if. The Rams were to lose, they'd be three and five, mm-hmm. which is that's different. Being two games as opposed to three games under five hundred, th- th- there's a big difference there. So, it, it this is a more important game for Tampa than it is for the Rams. But isn't the South easier to win at this point? Like that, that's that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, the Falcons are in first place. The friggin' Falcons. That's a fair point. You know. I still think the NFC West, the Falcons, top, the Falcons are, that's where we're at. The Falcons are in first place. 
and I don't want to be ripping on the Falcons. Marcus Mariota's been good, though. Yeah, he, he's been okay. He's been okay. He's been, he's he's been, been good enough. Yeah, he's been, he's been just good enough to be okay. But, man, I look at that. I, I still can't. The wheels, to me, are going to come off of the Seahawks. I'm just waiting for somebody to, to take control of that NFC West. I don't know who that's going to be, but the NFC South? Oh, that's, that's hot garbage. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Elon Musk's Twitter. That's how bad that looks. All right, that's going to wrap up around the NFL. Let's get to a scoreboard. We got. I didn't even realize that we had a World Series game tonight that's taking place, and we already got scoring in the first inning. What's happening there, as well as with the NHL and the NBA? Oh, we got more scoring. We got a scoreboard. That's up next here on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show, News Talk 830 WCCO. We just went around the NFL. And we've got, I mean, is this going to be, last night we had a team get no hit. Well, it's not happening tonight. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not happening tonight. Made sure history not back-to-back in Philly. <laughs> Which, by the way, that was pretty remarkable. I was on this morning with Vanita Sakar. Mm-hmm. I I don't care what anybody says. I know it's the postseason. I love the fact that we had a no-hitter in, in Major League Baseball last night. Yeah, that was awesome. It, it, it was pretty cool. Yeah, you like. I was see, on the right side. You like to see history. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's the main thing. You like to see history. Yeah, that was awesome. <clears throat> well, we are uh, not going to see that tonight because we are in the bottom of the first inning, and both teams not only have hits, but both teams also have runs. The uh, Houston Astros, top of the first, lead off triple by Jose Altuve, a Jeremy Pena uh, base hit that brought in Jose Altuve. And it was one and nothing. But then Kyle Schwarber decided that he was going to go all Kyle Schwarber and a long leadoff home run off of Justin Verlander. And we are tied at one in the bottom of the first inning. Hey, real quick. Yes. I want to give him a lot of credit because when he was with the Chicago Cubs early in his career, mm-hmm. he was he was out of shape, a little bit overweight. Do he leaned up? He has moved on and he's having a I mean, he's having a nice – I mean, this is a great fit there with the Philadelphia Phillies. And it's funny because you did mention you were like, yeah, he seems like somebody that would have fit perfectly on the Philadelphia Phillies back in the 90s. Oh, 1993? And, and, and then I brought up John Crock, and you're like, that's what I'm talking about. America's favorite softball <laughs> team? I mean, Darren Dalton, Lenny Dykstra, even though he's a creep. John Crook? Like, oh, he Lenny Dykstra, great. I can't stand him. Lenny Dykstra is a jerk. Jerk. All right. Hey, let's go to the NFL how about this? Your undefeated Philadelphia Eagles fly, Eagle fly. They're getting beat by the one in five Houston Texans right now. Davis, Whoa, Davis really? Mills on fire, four for four in the opening drive, fifty yards, including a touchdown to Tiguan Quitorano. And they're playing without Brandon Cooks, who's who was upset. He didn't get traded, so they sat him out. He's not even playing. No, he's got a wrist injury, too. I don't, oh, okay. I, I don't, yeah. He's had that wrist injury. I don't know if that was maybe one of the reasons why he didn't get traded. But, yeah, they are down. Houston is down Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks. So, right now, I mean, it is the Philip Dorsett show. Two catches, 42 yards. And uh, Damian Pierce, four carries, 23 yards. Right now, the Houston Texans at home. Uh, all over the Philadelphia Eagles, seven and nothing. Wait, hold on. wait, wait. <laughs> oh my gosh! You talk about embellishing something. He said all over, all over the Philadelphia Eagles. My goodness, I hate the Eagles. I hate them all over.
all over the field. I mean, there's no coming back from that. Let's just be honest. Hey, let's go to the uh, to the ice over at the XL Energy Center. Your Minnesota Wild and the Seattle Kraken halfway through the first period. They are scoreless. The uh, Wild, I believe, do not even have a shot on goal so far through the uh, first period. Which is really? Kinda, yeah, which is... Uh, kinda, not one in the first 10 I don't, minutes? I don't think they've got one shot on goal, which is kind of odd because over the first you know, six, seven games, I mean, they've done a pretty good job of slanting the ice. But not to so far tonight. It is uh, scoreless uh, between the Kraken and the Wild. The Kraken. The Kraken. I, that name is is cool just because release the kraken. I think that's it. I mean, that that's the only reason. Like release the kraken. I mean, I don't even know what a kraken is. I mean, what is it? Is that that's a dragon, right? Well, one of the political par- parties said uh, <clears throat> that they were going to release the kraken too. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Weird. I forgot Q about it. Um. The Capitals over the Red Wings, one to nothing, halfway through the second period there. The Las Vegas Golden Knights, off to a great start so far. They are 9-2 and two on the season. Twelve and a half minutes left to go in the second period. No problem with Ottawa so far, 4-1. to one. The Lightning leading the Hurricanes, 2-1. to one. They're halfway through the second period there. End of the first at uh, Madison Square Garden. The Bruins shutting out the Rangers, one to nothing. Another team that has had a really nice start to the year. The Bruins have won nine out of the first ten. Uh, the Islanders trailing the Blues in the Lou. Nine minutes left to go in the first period there. The Canadians up over the Winnipeg Jets, one to nothing. And later on tonight, it is the Blackhawks hosting the Kings and uh, both of those teams at 500. Two games in the NBA tonight, uh, Henry. Right now at the half in Orlando, the Warriors comfortably up on the Magic, all over the Magic, 65-53. to 53. Uh, Clay with 14 points in that game for the Golden State Warriors. And the Nuggets right now up on the Thunder by 11, 29-18. Just under four minutes left to go in the first quarter there. Uh, Aaron Gordon, 12 points to lead all scores for the Nuggets. Okay. Which that trade hasn't necessarily worked out great for them. I thought that Aaron Gordon was going to be better for them. I did too. Like, and I'm not saying that he's not good. I'm just I thought he, I thought he's going to be better. Yeah, I mean he was to me. I saw him in Orlando, and I'm like, this guy's a star. But to be fair to him, though, his role has changed. Yeah, it, exactly. Jokic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you know Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. If he ever gets healthy for an extended period of time, I feel like they've got a nice young nucleus there. But yeah, I, I do feel like Aaron Gordon is just. He's just he's turned into more of a role player there, and I think that's maybe why he's not considered into that upper echelon of you know players anymore in the NBA. But I mean, you're more the NBA guy than I am. That's just my casual take. Well, I mean, that's not your casual take. That's just I mean, this is facts. It's facts, as I'm the kids would say. It's facts. I'm spitting facts. It's facts. Yeah. Facts. I like kids to say facts. Facts. What are the facts surrounding the Golden Gopher football team? Andy Greeter, St. Paul Pioneer Press, he joins us next year on the Lake Show. Haven't talked any Gopher football all week, so it's time to do that. And I like to check in and chat with friend of the show, Andy Greeter from the St. Paul Pioneer Press, and he's joining us courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Andy, how you been? I'm good. How are you, Lake? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, real quick before we get into a go for football, uh, since the Elon Musk takeover, how many followers have you lost? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I have no idea. Um, 
I, you know, I've, you know, I've been kind of around 11,000 for a while, you know? Um, I just, I just, I think it's, I think it's funny that when we talk about free speech and then we talk about having to, to pay for it, uh, I find that, I find that humorous. It doesn't sound very free to me if that's what we're going to do with blue check marks, but that's probably another conversation for another day. Oh, I've already, hey, Andy, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not paying. I'm sorry. I mean, look, I'm look, I'm not paying eight dollars. I'm not no, I, no it's just just the principle of it. Forget about whether I have eight dollars or not, because I have Hulu TV. I have Netflix. I pay for all these different services. I'm sorry, man. I mean, Apple TV. I'm not paying you eight dollars just off of principle. Well, right. It's it's about the the verification of if something is uh, representative of fact and accuracy and truth. Yep. And I think that's what it is when you have a blue check mark under the current status, the current structure. And then when you take away that structure, then you have a pay-for-play type of format. So you lose the the intention of, of having it in the first place. So then it's just a matter of, of status. And yeah, I'm with you. I'm not I'm not gonna be paying for it if that's if that's where we go to. You can take away the blue check mark. And- yep. I'll keep tweeting, and that'll be the world we live in. But uh, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. Like, yeah. like, to, like, we, me, and you are both in 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 the same, you know, I guess, way of thinking, or at least I'm just assuming, just because I like yeah. you and, and we get along quite yeah. fine. But I, you know, to me, at least, I'll just speak for myself. Money can't buy respect, and why should money be buying a check mark? Like, it makes no sense to me. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I yeah. think it's just it's just one of those things that. The world has kind of gotten twist, twisted and turned upside down of of what is true and what is accurate and what is fact and what is fiction and and unfortunately it it seems like Twitter is is degrading into that kind of nebulous uh, you know weird world of of what's what's up and what's down. Yep, yep. Sad to see. All right, let's talk some Gopher football here, uh, and I won't be distracted by the Twitter conversation anymore. <laughs> the, the the Gophers had lost three consecutive games. After you know, really having a lot of momentum, you know, going into uh, the conference play, and they blow out Michigan State on the road. They lose to Purdue. They lose to Illinois. They lose to Penn State. And then every Gopher fan has officially hopped off the bandwagon. Then mm-hmm. last weekend, they crush Rutgers, which I thought that they would win. I didn't think that they were going to shut out Rutgers thirty-one nothing. And now they go on the road to face Nebraska, uh, a program that's been struggling. Okay. And I think that right now, this is about as low as you're going to get with Nebraska football, just because they're trying to figure some things out, who's going to be the next head coach and all of that stuff. But I feel like this Nebraska game is kind of a tricky situation here because Nebraska's trying to get respect. I know the Gophers are a program that's in better shape, and they're more highly thought of right now than Nebraska because of the drop-off in Nebraska historically. But I, yeah. I, I think that this is one that's going to be interesting come Saturday. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, you know, just looking at, at Mickey Joseph, who's the interim coach, you know, he's, he's two and three uh, with the, with the uh, Cornhuskers. You know, he's got wins over Rutgers and Indiana, which are probably the two, two of the three worst teams in the Big Ten. So there's not a lot to say about that. You know, they had a lead against Illinois, which is – Looked at as the best team in the West. You know they were up nine to six there in that game, and then their quarterback went down. And I think that's really the the key to Saturday is Casey Thompson, a, a Texas transfer, is, has uh, you know done some really good things, and 
he looks like he's got some nerve damage in his throwing hand, which is a really scary situation. It sounds like it might be something that he's dealt with before. Um, and that's why I think you see the line is as big as it is with Gophers minus 16. That's crazy. Um, which, is a, which is a huge line. But I think when you look at, at their defense, Rucker, or excuse me, Nebraska's defense has been a problem all year. Purdue had 100 plays in their game. They gave up 600 yards to Purdue. They gave up 500-something yards to Oklahoma. Uh, you know, Chase Brown and, and Illinois were able to run the football against them. So I think that when you, when you look at, at this team, when you take away their, their quarterback, who's a difference maker, and you see the defense giving up yards by the, by the mile, um, I think you can kind of explain why, they, why you have that spread. But then again, when you look at this Gophers team, what are they? You know, they don't have a downfield passing game. They rely heavily on Mo Ibrahim. And people are going to continually stack the box until they prove that they can throw over the top of that. The defense, I think, has kind of returned to form a little bit. Obviously, Rutgers' offense was atrocious. Uh, but I think we kind of saw the, the midseason hiccup from them. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. It's a difficult place to play. It's one of the best environments in the Big Ten. They've had like 400 <laughs> – consecutive sellouts in Lincoln. It's it's one of the best environments. Uh, so it'll be challenging, but I, I do think the Gophers will be able to go in and, and take care of business and get a win. You know, one of the interesting things about this matchup, and, and let me talk about Nebraska for a second, is that you know, when we talk about sports, we know the psychological mm-hmm. aspect of it all, right? Like whatever level you're playing at, whether it's high school, college, or professional ranks. But I think something significant happened at the beginning of the year with Nebraska football, and they were never able to recover. That first week when they played Northwestern, and they mm-hmm. had that collapse in the game, because I was watching that game, right? It was like an early morning game. They were playing, uh, was it Ireland? I think they might have been playing over yeah, in Ireland. In Dublin. In Dublin. And, and so, so the, I watched that collapse, and I was like, oh, boy. And, and it, from yeah. that point on, I mean, Frost <laughs> was coming into the season on the hot seat. The, the seat got hotter after that, and they got him out of there quickly. But I think that psychologically, I don't think that Nebraska's de- defensively ever recovered from that. Because in the first half, you're like, oh, wow, they, they look pretty good. And then Northwestern, yeah. uh, you know, there was some shaky things. I think they tried, they tried a, like an onside kick that just was disastrous. I don't think they ever recovered yeah. from that. And I think it was a continuation from last year. I think they lost six or seven one-possession games. And kind of once they got in close – and tight situations laid, they just wilted. And I think when, when that happened, when they were in Ireland, it, you kind of saw history repeating itself again. You know, and then they come home and they win a game. I forget who they play, and then they lost to Georgia Southern, uh, which is a team that they definitely should have beaten, uh, especially at home. And that was the end of, of Scott Frost's tenure. It was a weird end for him. I remember seeing him at Big Ten Media Days on the street with his players just kind of, walking around before they go in and he throws in a big dip of chewing tobacco. It was just kind of a weird kind of representation of, of the, of the state of Nebraska. And then he has his, his media time uh, on the podium at big 10 media days where you literally have six or seven minutes to get up there and, and sell your program and talk about what you're doing and where you're going and what you believe in. And you got free advertising to be able to do it on Big Ten Network when you know that everyone's looking for some content on, on college football. And he just passed on that opportunity and just went to questions, which is so bizarre. I've never seen it. I've been to Big Ten Media Days for seven or eight years in a row, and 
usually a, a coach will take that opportunity and, and talk about where they're at and what they what they believe in and, and sell and get on the recruiting trail, even if it's at a podium. And it was just a very bizarre thing to see him just say, no, nah, I'm good. And we found out he was far from good and, and far from okay with, with where he was. And, you know, I think it's interesting to, to see what PJ has been able to do against Scott Frost, you know, he's in, and Nebraska, he's, he's four and one against them. You know, you look at the his, the history of the Cornhuskers program and, what they've been before they came into the Big Ten and, and the type of recruiting that they're still able to do and the type of dudes that they bring in there. And P.J. is 4-1 and one against him and is on the verge of, you know, getting his fifth win, his first five wins against any program. And it's just, you know, it's, it's remarkable to see what Nebraska football was and what they are now and how they're in transition and, and ripe, for, ripe for the taking uh, on Saturday, in my opinion. Talking gopher football with Andy Greeter from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. He's joining us here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Give him a follow on Twitter at Andy Greeter. He's got the blue check mark. As of right now, he does. As of right now. He's not going to pay the $8, and neither am I. Neither am I. All right, so, you know, last week, phenomenal week for Mo again on the ground. Yeah, he was just, I right. mean, sensational, right? 36 carries, 159 yards. Three touchdowns, amazing passes. Daryl Thompson. When we're talking about those, uh, the rushing touchdowns, all that. But what did you make of Tanner Morgan's game against Rutgers? Yeah, I thought it was very interesting to see how vanilla they were in the passing game, and I think it, you know, it's amazing to see how much they've dialed that back over the course of over this last month. And when you look at the numbers of how many times they've thrown over twenty yards over the last four games. I think they have completed four out of 15 passes and they have five interceptions. They have not had guys go up and win passes. They have not been able to have enough time. Tanner hasn't been able to put it on the right spot. So when you see those numbers, you can understand why they decided to complete or to, to, to attempt, I think, one or maybe zero, depending on, on where you looked at, at that stat against Rutgers. And then you look at it and you're like, well, PJ talked about how they've thrown their interceptions when they've gone deep. And you see the, the way that the game played out and the fact that they're able to put together two touchdown drives that span whatever it was, 17, 18 minutes in the first half and really eat it up and you're up 14-0 and you don't really need to throw the rest of the game. And, and Kirk Shiraka talked about, you know, hey, we had a couple of shot plays, he called them, dialed up for the second half to, to go deep and, and they didn't have the coverage so they checked out of them. So I think you saw a situation where they don't trust it enough, and you also saw a situation where they didn't need to do it to try to win the game. They already had it in hand against a Rutgers offense that is going in reverse. Uh, But I think you'll see a situation over these next four games, maybe not this week, maybe not next week against Northwestern, but likely against a stout Iowa defense and a rivalry game the following week again with Wisconsin, where you're going to need to complete something downfield to win the game in a rivalry game. And we're going to need to see them be able to do it and not throw an interception and be able to get an explosive play and keep a drive alive and take something off of, of Mo going forward. So they're able to get away with it now, but are they going to be able to get away with it at the end of November? That's really what we're going to you know, be looking to see as this last month of the season goes. How do you think it shakes out on Saturday? What do you think happens, Andy? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the Gophers win by 10. You know, I think that they've got enough uh, offensively with Mo to be able to run the ball. You know, I don't think that 
Nebraska's defense is very good, uh, especially, uh, you know, on, on either side, either run or pass. Uh, I think Casey Thompson, you know, it's been funny. The Gophers have been in a situation pretty much every single week where is the quarterback in the play and Illinois and Purdue and Penn State started played all, all of those games. Um, so we'll see if, if Casey Thompson is able to play, but if he's not, it seems like he's not, uh, then I think the Gophers will, will certainly be able to cover, not cover, but, but win by double digits. Hey, Andy, always a pleasure, man, to chat and talk uh, Gopher football and just sports in general with you and blue check marks and all that good stuff. Hey, man, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, sounds good. Take care. All right, that's Andy Greeter joining us here on the John Schuster Colwell Banker Hotline uh, talking Gopher football. All right, we'll take a break, come back. We got headlines. That's next up on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show. Thanks again to Andy Greeter. But now it's time for headlines before the top of the hour. We talk Viking football with Matthew Collar. All right, Henry. Well, if you're tired of those same old political ads, you're not the only one. I am. University of Minnesota Media Law and Ethics Assistant Professor Chris Terry says issue groups, not the candidates' campaigns are actually trying to irritate you by the number of ads that they show. He said a little bit over 274 hours of content, which is 11 and a half days of political ads have run on Minnesota television stations since Labor Day. Now, Terry says, while the party faithful will vote as usual, interest groups are bombarding, bombarding what he calls the low-information voters who believe the content of the ads, even if it seems outrageous. Yeah, you know... <laughs> I don't know how many months ago, but I've been tired of the ads for a while. And I know that people will say, well, it's dependent on who you're a supporter of. I'm just tired of all of them, to be honest with you, because there's a lot of negativity. I'm talking about from, from whatever side, Democratic side, Republican side, and then these different, you know, groups yeah. that are putting, you know, putting these ads together. The negativity, what did uh, Richard Pertino say, in this town sucks. Yeah. These ads just suck across the board in the country. Yeah, it's the same it's thing. Rough. Yeah, we talked about it last night. I had the same conversation with my wife today. It's like, it's not necessarily I'm the worst. It's that my opponent is even worse. <laughs> you know, it's it's not about me. It's about them. Hey, conspiracy theories about mail ballots, anonymous text messages, warning voters to stay home, and fringe social media platforms where election min- and misinformation spreads with impunity. Now, misinformation about the upcoming midterm elections has been building for months, challenging election officials and tech companies while offering another reminder of how conspiracy theories and distrust are shaping American politics. The claims are fueling the candidacies of election deniers and threatening to further corrode faith in voting and democracy. Now, many of them can be traced back to 2020 when then-President Donald Trump refused to accept the outcome of the election he lost to Joe Biden and began lying about its results. I got to be honest with you, man. I think that in this country, and I don't care what state you live in, what town you live in, what city, community, if you have people that are brandishing weapons mm-hmm. near drop boxes, those people should be incarcerated. They should be thrown in jail. They should be thrown in jail and heavily fined. That's voter intimidation. That's not okay. It's not okay. Yeah, they're emboldened, though. People are telling them it's okay. It's okay for you to go and do this because that's your patriotic duty, which, again, is absolutely nonsense. Disgusting. Hey, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Office Space or if you're a fan of it. I love it. And Walmart must be looking to get its flare-up 
as the retail giant has recruited the cast of the cult classic film Office Space for a series of holiday ads. Now, the ads star, uh, star Gary Cole, Diedrich Potter, and Ajay Nadu in their movie roles as Walmart will look to make its case against Mondays, featuring deals every Monday of November leading up to Black Friday. The ad shows Cole, who played Bill Lumberg in the 1999 film, at Inatech looking at several deals for the different items that Walmart will feature. As the film's famous line looks like somebody has a case of the Mondays is spoken. And by the way, a, a cameo from Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton, baby. Yes, the real Michael Bolton. You're jacked already, huh? I, I've You're seen pumped it. up. I've seen it. Dude, I love it. Like Sometimes I think things can be a little corny. But I love Office Space, so I'm I'm all about it. Like it's it's so cleverly done. I love it. How it's do you like How do you like being a season ticket holder and your team is six and one? That make you feel good? I'm drinking the Kool Aid, Kool Aid, mm, and it's good. Yeah, I see you're drunk already. Skull Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. He joins us next year on the Late Show. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.